0: joseph and i'm nick and this is fish jelly Uh uh-huh how are you
1: i'm recovering how are you okay you were sick yep but you seem better i yeah yeah like what 90 percent yeah we're almost there uh was an invalid all weekend
0: i somehow am not sick yet um but if it kills me uh we want to thank the additional people who are supporting the podcast on spotify It's very nice. And the ones who continue to do so. I hope they know that that dollar amount comes out every month. Uh
1: (laughs) So thank you. Well, you know, Joseph, if, if this world runs out of lovers, we'll still have each other. Is that Kylie Minogue? No. Oh, who is it? Nothing's gonna stop us. Oh. You don't know that? Okay. I'm sure if I heard it properly wow properly
0: okay (laughs) all right (laughs) i also want to remind people uh we continue to get a lot of really nice uh comments and dms and emails it's only me checking them so um i do my best (laughs) well you show me them sometimes no of course i show you but it's just me trying to manage a, a lot of comments and also, people comment on the podcast, which I think is fun. Um, like they comment directly on the podcast, which I, I'm not sure where that's visible. I can see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if I don't get back, it's just it just seems impossible sometimes <laughs> with the volume. But I mentioned in our live on Saturday that it's usually easier if it's not an open-ended question or sometimes it's like a very lovely, nice statement. Uh, uh-huh. so I'm not, I'm not always sh- quite sure how to, um, I, I wish I could wrap some of these comments in a hug. Oh boy. I wish there were a hug emoji that wraps around the comment,
1: but and inoculates it from your response. <laughs> no, they're great. It's just,
0: there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of engagement that's good that's it 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 is but then i feel bad because it's like you know to take the time to write something and then feel like it just goes out into the air probably doesn't feel good i do i think i see most of them i've said this before too replying to a comment i probably won't see because there's no notifications i just get like hundreds and hundreds of emails all the time Uh uh-huh so i do try to filter through replies but that's like an extra layer that I don't always get to. So probably if you want a response, not a reply would be a a piece of advice. And then maybe making it like a one word answer, uh, (laughs) that I could quickly, or sometimes like they'll ask you something and it's like, well, I have to find you, which you're not always, you're, you're not always next to me. So you know, my memory's bad and I'm not taking notes. So if I don't, like, if you're not next to me, the moment I see it, I'm probably not going to remember to ask you later. (laughs) But also sometimes it'll be like, what's your 10 favorite blah, blah, blahs? I mean, that's a lot.
1: I, yeah, I mean, even uh, there are a lot of things. Well, because I care. So I want to think about it. Like somebody asked my favorite era of literature. It's like, I really would have to (laughs) weigh the pros and cons of what I'm about to say. So. No, but
0: sometimes it'll be like, what are your five favorite films from female directors over the last 20 years and why? And it's like, okay, that's like a lot. Ooh. I can't, I, I can't, I'm not responding to that because I don't know the answer. And I'd have to sit with you for 20 minutes, trying to figure this too much, but love the comments. Thank you. Uh-huh. Moving on, uh, drag race UK series five started uh-huh. and we've watched what? Two episodes. Yes. It's okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it. It. I think it's already become a machine that. Uh, I, I, I'm. I'm sure it has years and years of juice left, but it's like God. Like a lot of people are gonna just kind of fall into the background because I don't remember half these people from week to week. Yeah, I mean, I'm not interested
0: in breaking down the two episodes we watched because I. I mean, I really don't remember much. I I, I do recall thinking that the contestants were a little more um, I'm I'm thinking of Don King magnanimous. Uh, Oh Yeah, (laughs) that's not the word I want to use, but he used to say that Um, these contestants are a little more magnanimous than like maybe Australia. Well, Australia is trash, meaning like memorable and magnetic, but still not, you know, maybe by the time we get to top three, I'll be more interested in who's winning, but well, magnanimous is <laughs> what does magnanimous actually mean? I just know Don King would say that. Generous or forgiving. Oh no, I well, I don't mean that. I mean like magnetic. And uh-huh memorable. So, so I'm like, I don't think they're magnanimous. No, but I recall him saying it. anyway. <laughs> so Jody Turner Smith? Yes. filed for divorce from Joshua
1: Jackson he fell victim to the nanny disorder well
0: i don't know i was trying to read and apparently we don't know why oh oh, oh. so i if if i said that to you that's not correct that's what i read initially but we don't know but what's interesting to me is reading about it because of course like the outlets i read they're like taking pull quotes from people who say they know the couple and the thing that kind of bothered me about reading about them in particular, although this goes for a lot of couples who break up and the way people talk about them is like people who knew them saying that it appeared like everything was fine. They had just gone to some event and then we see that on the paperwork for her filing. She filed like the day after this event where they had taken pictures and they looked happy. And I just think, why does it have to, so. It, it needs to be like a, like a, like a dumpster fire for people to think like, oh yeah, they shouldn't be together. Uh-huh. And I think that's a problem. Like why does everything have to be like obviously wrong before it's like, oh, that's, that's a good reason. And then even then people have a problem with it. Why can't, cause like, why can't this lady just think like, I grew apart from this man and I'm more concerned about my career and I want to raise my child in this way and he wants to do this and, and, and what he wants to do is fine, but I don't want a life like that. I don't want to spend the next 20 years doing that. Like, why can't
1: it just be that simple? Why does it have to be like a full on war of the roses? Yeah, people, uh, you know, it's people seem bothered when uh, famous couples try to get away with a quiet divorce. Um, very few, I think, have been able to do it. But I know like in recent memory, like Lee Schreiber and Naomi Watts or Katherine Keener and Dermot Mulroney, you know, I think they were, they were married for decades and then just very quietly, like separated. Yeah. So I, I think mean, it, you should
0: be able to do that at the minimum.
1: I think it all depends on what's going on and what, who picks up the news story and tries to run with it.
0: I guess what I'm saying is who cares what other people think about my relationship and why I'm ending it or why I stay or what, like, you don't know the details you don't like, so it has to look okay for you to accept it fuck do i care these people don't care like well right you think jody turner smith was thinking oh people are going to think that we have the perfect marriage and they're going to be
1: so upset that we divorced
0: no clearly she did not no want to be mar- she don't want to be married to this man and it doesn't mean that he's a bad person
1: but so, things look good and then people want to know why because I because think, like,
0: i'm a civilized person who like
1: <laughs> well but it, it's it i think that feeds into how we all feel about our our, our own relationships and look we all even singles like look at other people like why can't i have a life like that because on the surface everybody seems to have what you don't or what you can't have and it's like but really everybody's mired in some kind of problems or difficulty drama or anxiety and you don't know it so i think it's i think it's natural for humans to want to be like since my own relationship's not perfect what went wrong with theirs because they seemed fine sure sure yeah i mean i agree with that
0: I'm also thinking that it just feels like, so why can't two people try to maintain and be amicable and get the job done? And we have a kid, so let's keep it together for this kid. Let's not like start to go to events separately, or I show up without you. And now people are questioning, why not just keep it together and then just decide that this is not working for us and let's just move on. And and everyone made fun of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow for talking about her conscious uncoupling, but I mean, it's true. Mm -hmm. Like let people figure their shit out on their own. And like you said, we really don't know things seem like, just because something seems fine. I had that overwhelming feeling as I was trying to sift through information about these two, because I really don't, um, I didn't even know how long they had been together. I didn't know they had a kid. Like, so it was, I was just reading out of curiosity, but yeah, as I was reading people's comments, like from, from X and whatever other platforms, it it just feels so silly. Like, so she needs to have a black eye and a broken rib for it to be okay with you that she's. Yeah, the people are looking for the smoking gun. You want her to stay married to someone she can't stand so that her kid can be raised in a house filled with like negative energy and then that kid doesn't know what it's like to be happy because uh-huh. mom and dad fucking hated each other but because people on Twitter, X, whatever. Uh, what do we call tweets on X then? X, formerly Twitter, is what the emails I get say. But then, yeah, how we say tweets? then are we not saying tweets? X's and O's. I don't know. Are we saying X's and O's? Anyway, she received. She was Xed about today. We we reviewed a documentary about Abercrombie and Fitch a while ago, uh-huh. and uh, recently Abercrombie and Fitch released a statement because that f- the former CEO, that really gross guy, um, yeah, what's his name, uh, Mike Jeffries. There's like a lawsuit against him for like sexual harassment, a class action lawsuit. Wow. No, really? And that's the first thing I thought. Like, just looking at this man, he seems like a fucking creep. And then watching the documentary was like, he is for sure a creep. And then to read a statement that goes there appalled is like that meme on social media with that like Star Trek cartoon where he's like, ah, like shocked. (laughs) Come on. That man's a creep.
1: Uh, yep. I could. I'm
0: surprised that it hasn't happened before. That's like seeing Calvin, old ass Calvin Klein, with his hot ass thirty year old husband. Like, uh-huh. oh yeah, this is. It must have been love. <laughs> no, Mike Jeffries on site is a creep. And then to find out that these people are alleging that he had a team of people who were basically like procuring hot young men for him and paying them like these amounts like anywhere from like 500 to 1500 dollars to come to these events which were basically like sex parties for he and his partner uh-huh i believe it
1: does that seem shocking at no. all No, not at all because i know gay people without any money in the way they act oh boy, i'm
0: not a hot i've never been a hot young thing and even i know that's what like what happens uh-huh. like so <laughs> come on but anyway i hope that they get his ass because he's he seems so gross okay we were leaving the groves oh maybe last week or the week before and we saw a billboard about a missing mom yeah did you look that up oh i went down the rabbit hole bitch this lady's name is heidi plank oh so it's, she's really missing. she is a real she is a missing lady and her story is wild as hell so she went missing um two years ago in october like the anniversary is what's today the is it 8th? october it's uh, she went missing on october 17th 2021 so the billboard went up like last month and it's on beverly by the grove and we saw it as we were leaving a screening one day and and the way it looks so if you type in like missing mom la billboard it almost looks like an ad for like a movie it does i thought it was related to that serial killers drink milk shit yes because uh, well I, I think it's probably unique to la that we get all these really like weird billboards trying to get your attention for some entertainment thing but or stds or or there are a lot of really creative billboards for stis yeah sorry stis yes anyway heidi plank went missing in 2021 so i was reading about her and then there's a dateline episode about her which i listened to oh so heidi plank is this lady she um is divorced. She's 39. She lives in mid city. She has a son, like a 10 year old. And one Sunday, she, cause she co-parents with her ex. She's at like the son's soccer game and she's acting real strange. And she tells her ex like, I have to go. And then that's the last time they heard from her ever so of course you know how dateline likes to do they like to tell you the first story that makes you think like aha i know what happened so she her official job title was controller and if you know what a controller is a controller is like the person who handles all of the like financials for a business mm-hmm. but they are like responsible for like all of like the irs filings it's a big job they have a lot of responsibility they're the responsible party for, like if the irs or to have questions that's the person you say talk to
1: yep who who confronts the irs in the building when they come ransack the place yep <laughs> so
0: this lady worked for an investment group as the controller and she had a big job and her boss the person who owned the investment group relied on her heavily so we get all these stories about how she just worked 24 7 and she went from being like this very static person um meaning like Her previous work history was like her in an office, come straight home, never do anything. And with this new job, she was flying all over the country. She was always running errands. And then she has this big job title. And then her ex-husband's like... She has zero qualifications to be a controller. She has never, she does. She's not a CPA. She never studied. She doesn't have a master's in business administration. Her work history does not lend itself to this sort of, um, these, these sort of tasks. Like she has zero experience being a controller. So it's like, okay, then we find out Heidi Plank, the company she worked for, they were being investigated by the IRS for SCC fraud. And oh. this fraud totaled like tens of millions of dollars. Blackberry. And she's the one who is uh, designated as the contact person for oh, the IRS's okay. investigation. So then, of course, you're thinking this bitch is like ran away because she thinks she's going to jail. Uh-huh. But then, of course, halfway through, here's the twist. So all of her devices were turned off. So she drove a Range Rover, which has GPS that have been turned off so they can't locate the car. She has an Apple watch an Apple phone an Apple Mac, uh, laptop, an iPad, all of the location services on those have been turned off. So it's like, we can't find her, but we do know she left that soccer game that day, October 17th in 2021 with her dog and the dog had a chip. So they go. So the ex-husband's like, well, let me try to go to the vet. Cause I'm assuming she used the same vet I use and see and the vet's like yeah what's the dog's name the dog's name was seven funny a side funny note her 10 year old son's name is bond and the dog's name is seven she was obsessed with james bond okay but anyway the husband goes to the vet and they're like yeah maybe what's the dog's name seven oh yeah seven that's heidi's dog we know all about that dog oh well can you add my number on there in case someone finds him oh we can't do that because the dog's already been found this dog was found roaming around you know um downtown la on the streets hope and flower yeah there are two like new high-rise like luxury penthouse buildings her dog was just roaming around on like the 17th floor of this luxury high-rise well one it's two buildings one of the buildings so of course investigators go down there and the
1: people who found it were like yeah we just found this dog in the high so she she or somebody put them in there because you, somebody would of course find that dog. And so it's it's safer than letting it go on the street. Right. So, well, so of course
0: the police, uh, that's a luxury building. So it's nothing but cameras, access cards. You have to be let in. Yeah. So they find out on that day and that building is also not unlike some of the buildings we know in downtown LA that are spendy and it's mostly like, young people with money or who pretend to have money and spend it all on rent. Usually that, but yeah. But anyway, it's that kind of building, like 30, something's who maybe work in entertainment or like influencers who can afford $6,000 a month in rent. And all they do is party. And so what the law enforcement determined is she went out there to party. Like she went to a party and her. She's been, uh, classified as a, as a homicide, so she's not officially a missing person anymore. They think that she died because of talking to everyone and witnesses who saw her at this thing and everything they have, they have determined that she went to a party and this is during the day out of Sunday to party, like do drugs Oh, and whatever she took was laced with fentanyl Uh and she died. And they didn't know what to do. So from the 17th floor, they threw her ass down the trash chute into the dumpster, but by the time, and then, then her body was taken away. And those dumpsters are taken to Castaic Lake, which is like an hour from here. Mm -hmm. And the police feel comfortable determining that because of eyewitness accounts and that her DNA was found like in the area around the dumpster, but By the time police figured this out and got to the building, the dumpster had like the trash cycle had already happened like two or three times. Sure. And they did try to search and they couldn't find her ass. But, um, of course the family has hoped that she may still be alive and that maybe that, um, because with all of the surveillance, they have her coming into the building. They know exactly where she went, but they never see her ass leaving. So they, again, feel comfortable determining that she left probably in the dumpster. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that shit took me on a ride because yeah, when sure you find did. out that she's the designated like responsible party for this like major fraud case with the IRS, it's like, oh, maybe she left to like Istanbul to assume a new identity. <laughs> but then it's like, but no. left her kid behind. Geez. Well, that well, well, then, then I'm like, but why would a mom leave her kid behind like that? I mean,
1: not contact or not give
0: and and not tell them to to, hold tight or something something so then so then it does seem more likely that yeah she just went to go party on a sunday afternoon and got hemmed up with this damn fentanyl crazy that's
1: wow that's a bit of a downer to pick things up a little bit testing strips people get testing strips (laughs) test your drugs or just drink your alcohol
0: from a bottle like I do or from a can and just sit and chill and bring your own weed. You know, just bring your own shit and just do, stop taking stuff from strangers. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know you would. I wouldn't. Okay. Moving on. The platform Max, which used to be HBO, they now have a show called Naked Attraction. Yeah, they. Which well, is a, which, which is a British uh, TV series. Basically, like, it's a dating show where everyone gets naked and you. Choose your selection from just seeing them and hearing them say a few words. We had watched this before, yeah, like a couple years ago uh-huh. or more, maybe like four years ago, because a coworker had mentioned it back in like 2018, I think. It was back when I was going to San Francisco a lot, yeah. So it was before the pandemic, but now it's on, and we so we wa- I watched an extra episode this morning. <laughs> But what do you think about this show?
1: <laughs> I think that the concept is interesting, but they, it needs some tweaks. I think I, fi- I, I don't know. I, 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 find it kind of dehumanizing, uh, but also at this it's liberating, but at the same time, it's kind of dehumanizing. I don't know.
0: So let's say what an episode. So an episode is two people. There there are two separate, uh, situations. So two people come and try to pick a partner, but what it looks like is the person comes on, they introduce themselves, and then we see that there are six boxes Mm -hmm. with people in them, and they're nude. So the boxes rise up to expose the person's lower half, including their genitals. Uh So then now you have this contestant looking at everyone's genitals. And the host, and they're talking about them. And they're talking about them in a way that I do find dehumanizing. And then from that round, they have to pick someone to go home. And like for one, the one I watched this morning, it it, it was because the contestant was pansexual. So there were three people with penises and three people with vaginas and the first person to go like leave the contestants like well because the lady was kind of heavy mm-hmm. so you couldn't see her vagina because of her fupa uh-huh so she said well i'm sending her home because i can't see your pussy Ooh. and i'm like this is too much this is too much so then they do that round. Then they lift things up more so we can see their entire body, except their face. Mm-hmm. And then they pick someone to go home from that round. Then they lift it up so we can see their face and then they have to hear them speak. So they're all told to say in earlier seasons, they say like, what's your favorite part of your body and your least favorite in latter seasons. They give them like some stupid, some thing stupid to thing to do, which I think is not good. Like draw your anime character and explain why you did this. And it's like, these people can't draw. It looks stupid. No. And then when you finally get down to the two um, possible choices, then the contestant has to get naked. And then they stand in front of each other and the contestant picks one, they go on a date and then we visit them two to four weeks later to see how things go. I think the better format like would be if they modernize it by having like a, a group of people, like let's say 30 people all with their phones and it's like an app. And at first you see just like nude pictures of people. Then you just see their face. Then it's just phone calls. And then you have to pick one person from each method. So I have to go on a date with three people. The one person who I chose just from their nude pictures. Mm-hmm. The one person I chose just from their face. And the one person I chose just from hearing their voice. And if if, if they're all three different people, then I go on three different dates. And then in the end we talk about connection and because the problem for me is dehumanizing but also it seems like it's about sex
1: well yeah so you're creating a situation for people to find fuck buddies but
0: but then it's like people are sensitive about the critiques but that's kind of what it is when you're just hooking up like do i like what i
1: see right now and are you offering what i want right now but part of that is the the glory of that is it's private but the problem with like i don't need to what does rupaul say like it's not my business what other people think of me And that might not always be true but in this case i think it is like i don't need to know that you can't see my pussy, so you're sending me home like that well and i also don't i agree with that and i also don't think i have to explain to you why i don't want to have sex with you exactly i don't because people do
0: ask like why why i'm not attracted and then i tell people well i'm not attracted to you and then they're mad but it's like you're not i can go on the biggest rant about this and i do it all the time i just find it really icky that this idea of consent when it comes to like attraction is never talked about like you have this person yes these people signed up to be on this show but then it's like they're all being critiqued by this person and it's like do they like the person do I like this person yeah yeah because even in the end when it's the two finalists with the contestant the host will say like oh what do you
1: think of their body this is what i this and is they're what, always
0: complimentary
1: yeah this is why i wouldn't make for good tv because like the gay episode we watch as soon as all of the people are unveiled i would be like i'm good to go i'm gonna i'm gonna just go
0: yeah we haven't seen all of them so i don't know if someone hasn't done that but the ones we watched and the additional ones i watched they were not like it the it just i think that's weird and i think if you're looking for like casual no strings attached sex, then all this extra, like having to explain yourself. And then also like, it's usually because you want it right now. Uh There's a lot that goes into it. Like how I'm feeling in this instant. Yeah, because once I have clarity, meaning my mind is no longer in that place of looking for sex, Uh my decisions are very different. Yeah. So it just seems odd. Like this is a very inorganic environment to choose someone to be sexual with, which should be a much more organic situation and then it's for like a future encounter
1: right and And i i just think it should start the. i think it should start with the faces first i i just uh, this is not effective as a social experiment no the only it
0: the only thing it's effective in is we're so not used to seeing nudity in this way and people sort of being so um natural and so for that i applaud it like these because you know there's that show naked and afraid mm-hmm. and all of those people are super ripped they're all like they but they kind of have to be because they're doing like outdoor like these are people who are outdoorsy and fit but they all have amazing bodies and so it's kind of like ugh. but at least for naked attraction these are like normal looking people they are I... and it is refreshing because watching it i thought like oh i don't feel so uncomfortable watching these people because I feel like I would fit right in with these people. Sure. And, and that, and that's nice.
1: Yes. But, and, and it is refreshing to hear people authentically say what they do and don't like. I just don't know. Under I just don't understand the purpose of, cause if you're on like an online hookup app and you know, the people you're chatting with turn you down or vice versa, it's like, you don't really, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, do you need to know the nitty gritty of,
0: well, I think, I don't like
1: how you stand. Okay. Right.
0: Yeah. I I I do think people need to learn a thing or two. Like the the way people act out here in these streets tells me that no one has told them. This is true. That. But your approach is terrible. You have no game. Your breath stinks. Your style's whack. Like I don't even know why you came up to me with this bullshit. Woo-hoo. Like, and I will say that to someone if they ask me, but I wouldn't just be like, I don't just offer it. I mean, yeah. sometimes people get in my face and they're. If they're being nice, I'll, again, it's the, it's, it's the approach, but it's like, but if you're, if you're being, being pushy, if you're being aggressive, oh, I'll let you know, you smell bad and like, yeah, or, or w- whatever it is that's really off putting. Cause I, I don't think people, I think people behave this way because they get to float around and no one tells them anything. Yeah, I'll be the one to do it. If, if, if you're curious, you come see me, I'll let oh, you go. God. <laughs> but we need to take a break. Moving on to the restaurant section, oh, boy. we did. You know, people like it. Uh-huh. We did try two new places this past week. We did. Yes. So we went to Italy for the first time. Oh, uh, and actually,
1: know, we actually eated. We we've, we, eated. we
0: we eat it at Eataly. Yeah. We've been to Eataly uh, more than once, and one time we had drinks or you know bought some stuff in the store. But for people who don't know, Eataly is well in LA. It's at the Century City Westfield Mall, and yeah. it occupies like three levels. It's beautiful.
1: It's like, yeah. You can there buy all few, kinds of noodles and shit.
0: Yeah, they have a few res- like nicer restaurants. They have a lounge. They have like-
1: a little, little cafe. Cafe, a little...
0: Uh, dessert bar, yep. deli, a full grocery store. It's really cute. It is cute. The problem is that usually we're only there to see a screening. So it's like, you know, it, it's never ideal time to, cause I would like to go and maybe do some shopping to make dinner. Sure. But it's not super convenient to you, go. You mean to have me make dinner, but oh. sure. Anyway, we finally ate uh, last week sometime, right before *Exorcist*. Right before we saw the *Exorcist*, believer.
1: What did you think of your food? Uh, it was a little overpriced. You ordered a pizza, which is very much like a pizza you could get at any little pizza place in in Italy. Like they usually come in that shape and style. So it felt authentic in that way. It felt authentic in that way, except you know the pepperoni that you get in Italy is a lot different than the pepperoni here, but
0: and i ordered lasagna which is usually what i order at an italian restaurant this is true um i also thought the food was a little overpriced um but my biggest thought about our experience there was the terrible service yeah well you can't tell me that wasn't bad service it was we are in la but yeah this these this this staff at this restaurant we were in that the one man in particular looked so bored
1: well he was there wasn't enough to do but
0: except help your customers. Well, there were few customers. Yeah, but so. he was
1: not attentive at not, all. No, and he
0: looked at us like, "Yeah, okay, what do you want?" He didn't even greet us. You said something first because uh-huh. you know me; I won't say anything, and then you finally said something. But I would have just sat there and glared at his ass like P Diddy on that one show. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, <laughs> this is crazy. He didn't greet us. Then you ordered, and he was like, "Uh huh, yeah, okay, yeah." He was dull, and then. Cause we ordered our food first and then I was like, oh, do you want wine? And then I said, oh, we want wine. And he's like, oh, <laughs> takes our order. doesn't say anything. Then the food comes out, never checks on us. It was another server who happened to be there kind of like socializing with him who poured us some water and uh-huh. actually said like something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he didn't say anything. We, we said, thank you. And he said, you're welcome. But
1: <laughs> we were also sitting at the bar. Yeah. But so that might have something to do with, you know, because I noticed a lot of people that are uh, servers at the bar section don't want to serve food or deal with food. I know that's the thing. If you want 20% of
0: something, you need to get that bill up. So I don't understand. <laughs> sure. Well, right. I mean, if sure. you work off tips and a percentage, why wouldn't you want your bill up? Why but, wouldn't you keep asking me, do I want another glass? Do I want dessert? Oh, you should try the, the calamari. I don't know. I, I just don't
1: understand. But see, in, in in it's not just LA, really. I've noticed a lot of places that I've been to that are bar service and are a restaurant. There's a delineation between what people do, and they want you to know it. Just like we went to that shithole Fiesta Cantina, and that little man's like, "Please don't make me come to your table. Please oh, order at the bar." It's like, really,
0: okay. really. <laughs> Well, since the, since they want us to know it, I'll let him know his service was bad with that shitty-ass tip I gave him. Anyway, we w- We also tried a restaurant called De La Nona. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. So, Which is really interesting. Are you
0: going to say why we tried that? <laughs> oh.
1: Why don't you tell us why? Oh, damn. It was our 15-year anniversary. What a special day. Yeah. Wow. So,
0: for our anniversary, you had made reservations at De La Nona, and this restaurant's like downtown Arts District, yeah. like area and it's so it was such an interesting experience because from the outside and because we tried to go once yeah and they were like oh it's a two-hour wait i'm like no it's a six-hour wait for pete give us your car keys and you (laughs) can come back so yeah so i'm like hell no and then we've driven by a number of times in the evening and it just looks like it's It's always busy 11 30 and the club is jumping so i assumed it would be very different than what it actually was what How would you describe De La Nona once you get inside?
1: It's cute. It's very open and airy. They have a nice outside. It feels very can like uh, closed off uh, with foliage from the downtown LA. vibe Because it
0: is literally on a major
1: intersection. It is, It is the intersection.
0: So you would assume it would be like chaos inside. And it actually looks like a really pretty like cafe and a garden in like the countryside of France somewhere. Yeah, it's tranquil. Yeah. I would highly recommend it and the prices are okay. Yeah, because you made the reservation earlier than maybe. Well, we I don't mind eating dinner early at all 530. So the reservation was at 530. So it was still daylight. We get inside. It wasn't super busy. I will say, though, these restaurants with these tiny ass two top tables Uh that have all the shit on it, a flower, a candle, water glasses, wine glasses, uh, utensils, napkins. There's nowhere to put food. There was nowhere to put food. And then every time we would see other people get food, including us, it's like this game of like, what do we take off of the table Uh to fit? But anyway, they had this, I guess, special for $75 where you get a Caesar salad, two pizzas, and a bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a great deal. It was. How would you describe the pizzas?
1: They were like focaccia pizzas.
0: I thought they were like... A gourmet version of the little personal pan Pizza Hut pizzas we would get in high school. Sure. Yeah, they're very thick. Uh But it almost feels like they're cooked in like an air fryer because the dough was really puffy and chewy on the inside. Mm -hmm. But the flavor of the crispiness of of the crust was really good. Mm -hmm. And then we got two types of pizzas, a sausage, pepper one, and then just a regular pepperoni. Uh I thought they were very, very good. They are very good. Yeah. So I would
1: recommend De La Nona. Make a reservation. Don't just pull up. Yeah, yeah. don't pull up. <laughs> you will be mad as hell. Because you'll most likely have paid for parking somewhere because of the area. And then, yeah, you'll walk somewhere else. Yeah, that's a good
0: point. Because you'll probably end up paying for parking. And then you get there and they can't seat you. And now you paid $15
1: to so, be so mad. Then, so then you walk your little ass over to Little Tokyo. So
0: you, yeah, you walk your ass over to Little Tokyo. Which I also like Little Tokyo. uh uh-huh, same. Uh, moving on. There's something in the sorry to this man section kind of. Yeah. Although, I mean, it's more of a question for me, I guess. So in our review of the exorcist, the 1973 film, we, you know, I had talked about how, like, when Ellen Burstyn goes to father Damien Uh for an exorcism and he's like, bitch, don't nobody do these exorcisms. It's 1973. We believe in science and medicine. Like the church is not doing this. But then in the new movie, I said that I thought it was weird how Ann Dowd's character goes down the street to the Catholic church and the priest is like, oh, yeah, girl, we'll sure. we'll do what we can. And then we see her with the church officials and they're like, yeah, we want to help you for sure. But then we got several many comments about, oh, the Catholic church is much more open to exorcisms now. Well, that can't they? be true. So in 2023, like in real life, the Catholic Church does exorcisms. I don't we're not know. Interested enough to look it up, but if uh, but if people know, uh, please let me know yeah. <laughs> because I was very surprised that there were several comments saying really like, that the Catholic Church is more open to exorcisms now than they were in 1973. We are backsliding, <laughs> people.
1: That, that was... feels
0: really weird to me. I don't know. <laughs>
1: I agree, but okay. But, you know, Friedkin did do that documentary in 2017 about a real-life exorcist that, that had been doing it for decades. But Oh, well, I mean, I'm not saying that's not true. I'm just very surprised. Sure. Also, uh, in the Sorry to This Man section, we will not be including Lord Byron because I do know the actual line of that poem that I referenced in our review for When Evil Lurks because I was being funny. commentator yep, was still comedy anyway.
0: Oh my gosh, I should have started the show with this. Whose birthday is it today? It's Sigourney Weaver's 74th birthday, the goddess. And I'm reminded because I'm looking at my phone and someone just sent me on Instagram a DM of Sigourney's Vogue cover. You know this one.
1: from? Oh, that's the Greek Vogue cover, Greek Vogue. I believe. Yeah, we have it on our coffee table. So shout out to
0: Angie if you listen to the podcast for reminding me about. Uh, yeah, that's a great photo shoot, by the way. I, I knew it was Sigourney's birthday because the theme for our live video yesterday was an honor of her birthday today. Yes. But she's 74 today. Happy birthday. Happy girl. birthday. girl! I bet she's gluten
1: free. She, she is, looks like be she's vegan free. or tries yeah. to be as often as she can. <laughs> yeah. Cause some photo shoots or photo shoot film shoots are obviously more difficult for that, but yeah, she tries to stay out of the sun and doesn't eat meat. Well, good for you girl.
0: Uh, There were so many new releases this past week, which is, and I'm so exhausted just from, like, we dropped, like, six movie reviews this
1: week. Yeah, and and there's still an additional, like, 15 movies. That's not even half of what came out this week. Isn't that crazy? Are they all scared of Taylor Swift? I mean, what happened? I think so. Why are all these movies coming? (laughs) But you'll notice that's why we won't have much up next week. Ugh. i mean that's why the exorcist came out not on friday the 13th because of taylor swift well here let's quickly get through these the burial the burial directed by maggie betts uh had a theatrical release this week it'll be on amazon prime next week so we could ostensibly we might review this the kane mutiny court martial uh this if you want to honor william Friedkin, you will have watched this this weekend you really like you saw this in venice i did i was kind of there were so many releases I. Couldn't I didn't have a leg to stand on to pressure you to do anything extra, but I, I would I think you would have really liked this. Lance Reddick, one of his last roles, is really good. Uh, and Showtime dropped it uh, over the weekend. Cat person, uh, this was interesting. Uh, we had a conversation with another film critic about this when we were at Dicks the musical, but I saw this out of Sundance, and I think this would have made a good conversation piece as well. Directed by Susanna Fogel, uh, basically about a young woman who had develops a relationship with a young man, and they both have very different perspectives about how that uh, relationship is going.
0: Oh, I got another DM from someone with the same uh, Sigourney poster, but showing that Delta Work mm-hmm. um, posted that saying, happy birthday to Sigourney, and that she put perfection. Ooh. Um, if anyone knows Delta Work, she does have my favorite podcast. It's called Very Delta. Yes, it's on quite a bit at this house. I would die if I got the chance to um, sit down and talk to Delta Work.
1: Well, that might. I have feel to... like
0: we're very similar. Uh huh. Yeah, because we can both complain about nothing, uh-huh. <laughs> and we both seem kind of miserable sometimes. <laughs> but hmm. I really like her, especially since on her season of Drag Race, I thought she was kind of vile but i think that's a testament to how the producers sort of edit and Mm -hmm. you know try to create these storylines
1: if somebody tried to edit a bunch of shit of ours together
0: oh yeah you could make me seem like the most awful person like the most shallow awful person and of course i am not that but (laughs) moving
1: on of course not cat person we just talked about that. Moving on. Joan Baez, I Am a Noise. A documentary about Joan Baez. I get, I'm funny. All these like documentaries where they have three directors, uh, Miri Navasky, Maeve O'Boyle, and Karen O'Connor, some Irish lasses in there, uh, examining the life of Joan Baez, who, you know, I'm really not too familiar with her discography. In fact, every time I hear the name Joan Baez, I think of Forrest Gump. I think of Robin Wright sitting naked playing for... Uh, Uh, men uh, trying to be Joan Baez. Mercy Road. You know, I would have liked to see this because John Curran is an interesting director. I did like his film Stone well enough. He also redid The Painted Veil. He did this Mia Wazakowska film called Tracks. I wasn't too crazy about, but he has a new movie with Toby Jones and Luke Bracey, which sounded interesting. Miranda's Victim. Uh, Miranda, meaning Miranda rights, uh, this, the it's Abigail Breslin stars in this 1963 case of this girl who was raped and tortured. And because of her, that's why we got the new law about the Miranda rights. And it's directed by Michelle Danner. Oh, uh, Mr. Organ. This is about an investigative journalist, David Ferrier, who directed it getting involved in something strange. That's all I know about it. But it's from he we did see his previous documentary tickled. So I'm sure oh. it's in that vein. Next Monsters of California. So I was looking up this director, Tom DeLong, and um, it's about a road trip, about some teenagers getting into some paranormal activity shit in Southern California. My like, God, why is this person so many Blink 182 music videos? It's because he's the lead guitarist vocalist. <laughs> and i called them one blink 82. <laughs>
0: can you name a blink 81 a one blink 82 song uh
1: what's that say it ain't so
0: say it ain't so i will not go turn Carry the light me down
1: watching waiting coming is a i don't know what they look like though i i didn't recognize him on it was that on the american pie soundtrack um I had sure. that I had that single because oh my I only, gosh,
0: Travis Barker, Courtney Kardashian's husband was in Blink 182. Oh yeah. Well, there you go. He's the one who's afraid to fly because he was in that plane crash. My
1: love affair with marriage. Uh it's a new animated film from Sinja Bauman, who's a Latvian-born Brooklyn. Artists uh, with some interesting voice work. I, th- I think I just remember seeing Matthew Modine and Dagmara, Dagmara Dominowich, however you say her last name, Patrick Wilson's wife. Uh, it obviously a subversive uh, take on nuptials plan c all as you would probably imagine this has to do with uh, abortion rights and about getting uh pills to a, a network of people trying to get pills to women across the states after the fall of roe v wade recently straight directed by tracy droz tragos So we didn't see this, but obviously I'm always like, "Um, do we want to advertise how you're getting this done or should we just operate uh, clandestinely until the world writes itself? Hmm. She came to me. Okay, this movie got dragged and I thought it was really cute. I was one of the few. It opened the Berlin Film Festival this year. It's the new film directed by Rebecca Miller with Peter Dinklage. I think Marissa Tomei and Anne Hathaway are super fun in it. I had a lot of conversations with people about the final shot of the film, as in Rebecca Miller and Anne Hathaway weren't aware that it's supposed to be funny, and I'm pretty sure they were. Uh, So I would have loved for you to see this film and see if you agreed with me at all, but I thought it was charming in ways that modern romantic comedies aren't at all but there you have it
0: next uh a film i wanted to see vhs 85 yeah i
1: think we at uh, the yeah uh, of course part of the anthology franchise series uh with multiple directors directing little vignettes amongst those in this one are david bruckner and scott derrickson you do like scott derrickson he did uh sinister Oh, But he also did The Black Phone, which I hated. And he, What's his name? Scott Derrickson. He also did Doctor Strange. But he, since it's Sigourney's birthday, we should shout out that uh, one of her next projects uh, uh, is directed by him, The Gorge. Well, that's exciting. Lastly, Your Friend Memphis. a dr- Documentary directed by David P. Zucker. Uh, All's I know about it, it is a, about a young man with cerebral palsy. And I don't know if it's music-related or not. but
0: Projects of interest, The Incubator.
1: La Incubatrice, a uh, new film from Je- uh, Belgian filmmaker Jessica Woodworth, who recently, I think, God, was that earlier this year already? I think it was in Rotterdam, the premiere of her film, Luca, which is based on the novel The Tartar Steps, which I read. And I, li- I liked Luca well enough. I, I'm still uh, the biggest fan of her 2012 film film usually co-direct films with uh peter brosens was called the fifth season if you're a fan of the wicker man you will love the 2012 film the fifth season if you can get a hold of it anywhere but uh, I, I often find their work very interesting so i don't know what the new project's about but i'm happy to see she's working on something and you have something here called rumors oh yes kate blanchett uh, has signed to work with guy madden uh, on his latest project called the rumors. football player no, uh the Canadian filmmaker who's kind of he's often described as kind of like a Canadian David Lynch. I've never made you watch a Guy Madden film, but my favorites are Saddest Music in the World, Brand Upon the Brain. I got to interview him for the Forbidden Room, which I think is kind of brilliant and has such an impressive cast and this weirdness. But uh and I know he co-directed that with Evan something or other. I interviewed I interviewed both of them at Sundance that year, but uh yeah i I don't think he's done anything in a couple years i think i might have missed his last one but usually odd comedy oh have i not shown you my winnipeg or oh yeah what okay do you have some i think you would dig some of his stuff Mm, i was thinking of john madden
0: the football player who i recognize like his picture i feel like he's been in movies (laughs) you know who john madden is no i think he has a very recognizable voice i think okay but i
1: i recognize him so he's he spells it less different than a guy madden this old white man well they're both old white men right well guy man's not as old this looks like the man that started in dr giggles
0: oh yes
1: larry drake john madden looks like larry drake he's from minnesota he was born 1936 in austin have you heard of Austin, Minnesota? No, nor do I want to. Actually, isn't that where Winona Ryder's from? Uh, well, I don't know that I have the time to try to... Where was Winona uh, born? Oh, uh,
0: notable people. I just... I thought I could find it and I can't.
1: Oh, Winona County, Minnesota. Uh, the... Winona's from Winona County? Okay.
0: Uh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> So she's named after her county. Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I got really off track. Okay. Movies we watch for fun. I watched the remake of The Last House on the Left with my friend Tony Goldwyn.
1: You and I saw that originally in theaters with your sister in Las Vegas. We did? Yeah. Dennis Iliadis is the director. I believe he's Greek. It,
0: oh, and you know who else is in it? Aaron Paul.
1: Yeah. That's a pretty good movie. It's okay. He's okay. Oh. Yeah. It's not as good as the Hills Have Eyes remake in my opinion but oh but yeah it's fun we own a copy you watched Wait Until Dark yes with Audrey Hepburn as the blind woman and Richard Crenna and Alan Arkin are trying desperately to uh get the heroin that she that is stuffed in the doll that's in her possession it's kind of a classic uh film that I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw as a kid, but I didn't remember most of it. But it was nice to re-watch it. I think that it's just okay. I think Hepburn, Hepburn was never my favorite. She always seemed so helpless. Uh, but Krenna's fine. Alan Arkin is doing R2D too much in this. but And he just died too. White dog. This was harrowing to watch. <laughs> Uh, I've owned it for years. It's part of the Criterion Collection. It's a Sam, I love Sam Fuller, but it stars Christy McNichol and Paul Winfield. And it's about this McNichol plays this young woman who lives in the hills, I believe, and she hits a white dog one day. And she takes it to the vet. And they're like, look, if you don't take this dog, it's going to go to a kill shelter. She's very unsure about the dog, takes it home, and it saves her from a rapist one night. So then she bonds with the dog. But then she starts to realize the dog has been trained to uh, kill black people, to harm and kill black people through a series of kind of incidents, including injuring one of her co-workers on a movie set. Uh, So she takes it to uh, this Hollywood animal training facility that's run by Burl Ives. And he's like, what you got there is a white dog. And she goes, of course he's white. She's like, no. It's a racist dog. Uh, and the only way to, to deal with one of those things is to kill it. But Paul, Paul Winfield is one of his trainers and he's like, no, I want to, I want to see if I can break this dog because if I can do that, that kind of takes the power away from these evil asshole racists that have done this. And we can prove that we can kind of rewire a creature's brain. So the majority of the film is him is the anxiety about whether or not they can, you know, cure this dog. And, uh, it's, it it's a B movie for sure, but it's, I thought it was fascinating and really well done, uh, really depressing because the most interesting part to me is when, because initially before she decided to keep the dog, McNichol would put out ads and this old white man, this old grandpa comes with his two little grandchildren. He's like, you have my dog. Uh, can I take it back from you? And she goes, did you train this dog? He goes, I sure did. Oh. And then she freaks out on him. But, uh, yeah. You watched The Birds. I haven't watched this in years and years. Uh Hitchcock's classic. Uh which the Sigourney connection's kind of high here because if she, of course, worked with Melanie Griffith, Tippy's daughter. Uh Sigourney's uncle Doodles has a supporting role in Doodles Weaver. Doodles Weaver, comedian. He he killed himself. Uh <laughs> and of course, Jessica Tandy was Hume Cronin and Jessica Tandy were mentors to Sigourney Weaver. Mm. Uh, it's it's corny, uh, but it's entertaining. And Suzanne Plachette, I think I forget, was so beautiful. And I think in many ways more interesting than Tippi Hedren's character. But there you have it. The devil is a woman. Not the Joseph von Sternberg film or the Boonwell remake, the object of... The the Obscure Object of Desire. This is a 1970s Giallo, I guess, directed by Damiano Damiani, who I've actually seen other films from this filmmaker. But I watched it because it stars Glenda Jackson, uh, who is in kind of a Nurse Ratched-type role as a woman who works in this facility that's related to the church but deals with psych patients. And she basically, like Nurse Ratched, makes them have all these group sessions confessing their sins. uh, But everybody thinks she's just a bitch. Mm. it's okay north by northwest another hitchcock film I ha- i'm on a kick because it's october that i hadn't watched in miss, since i was a kid uh and it's a classic for sure i think 1959 i was never the biggest fan of cary grant outside of comedy because i can't take him seriously he just that staccato voice and got, that, got, that, got that. Uh, but apparently he was hitchcock's favorite leading man uh i i think he ruined suspicion. ruins with Joan Fontaine, like, hey there, monkey face. Uh, but anyway, North by Northwest, where he's mistaken for a spy, and then it's very lots of Hitchcock's usual wrong man motifs. But it's okay. I, in my mind, I always go to Vincent Gallo in the the Costa Rica film Arizona Dream, where he reenacts the uh, plane scene in the cornfield with Cary Grant. Torn curtain. In uh, this, Hitchcock hated this film. It caused his falling out with composer Bernard Herman the last time they worked together. Uh, Paul Newman and Julie Andrews. There are a lot of things I do really like about this film, although it's considered a minor Hitchcock. But the best scene, of course, is when he has to kill this man at this farmhouse. And it's a because gr- Hitchcock wanted to show how hard it is to actually kill somebody. It's actually a pretty good murder sequence, but it it's a decent spy movie. Edge of sanity. Uh, this is this is. This is a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde film that's done as Jack the Ripper with Anthony Perkins, uh, directed by Gerard Kikwan. Uh, I've owned this for years and had never seen it. It's barely okay. Uh, Gerard Kikwan had another film that came out the same year that was Nia Long's debut. We talked about on this podcast several months back when I watched it called Buried Alive.
0: What's that movie with Nia Long and Jamie Foxx? The Up. held hold, up hold
1: up held up. Held up. From 2000. I need to watch that. Yeah, that looks although we watched the preview for that because randomly we are watching Jamie Foxx's makeup. <laughs> they they but I mean that's historically like people didn't know how to light black Yeah, people. but uh Nia Long looks just fine. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> Well, he looks like a cadaver, yeah. Yeah,
0: he's wearing cremation number three. Anyway, Harry and Tonto. This was
1: 1974. Art Carney famously won Best Actor over Jack Nicholson for Chinatown and Al Pacino for Godfather Part II uh, in this Paul Mazursky production, which is basically a road movie. It's kind of like the male version of something like Trip to Bountiful, Uh, but I'd never seen it. Uh, I didn't realize Art Carney, who was 55 at the time, was made up to look like he's in his 70s. His performance is fine. In retrospect, I don't know that I think he's better than Jack or Al, but uh, interesting. It's very Paul Mazursky kind of film, who did, of course, Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice and uh, Next Stop, Greenwich Village. But Art Carney's fine. I, I liked it. Alan Burstyn plays his daughter. Larry Hagman plays one of his children. Uh, there's a lot of kind of nostalgic th- sadness for a time that was. But it's about a man and his cat. Tonto is a cat. Oh, true confession? I watched this because, well, probably one of the last countries to finally get it, but uh, one of the new Isabella Uper, uh, Francois's own film, The Crime is Mine, uh, should come out hopefully sometime soon here, but uh, it's it's a basically it's based on a play that's been filmed twice before. One of those being the 1937 Wesley Ruggles film True Confession starring Carol Lombard and Fred McMurray. And it's basically about a, a, a pathological a woman who's a pathological liar who ends up being defended by for murder by her, that she didn't commit by her husband, but it's easier for her to get out of the murder by saying she did it. Hmm.
0: Got your happy price, price line
1: More movies we watched for fun The Night Child I've owned this on Region 2 forever Because I'm uh, I, Back when I watched Whatever Happened to Solange Which is a pretty damn good Giallo film And features the the Camille What's-Her-Face That started in I Spit on Your Grave And the very handsome Fabio Testi uh, Massimo Dalamano He directed this film <laughs> I forget the male lead's name, Richard Johnson, who's very unappealing to me. But I was very curious about it because it stars a young, incredibly beautiful Joanna Cassidy. Uh, so if you are a Cassidy fan, who's probably best known for her uh, in, for Blade Runner, maybe, but I mean she's been in tons of stuff: Six Feet Under, uh, The Package with Gene Hackman, off the top of my head. But that is, and I think Pam Grier's in The Package, right? Anyway. That was fun, ish. The Invisible Man. You need to watch the original, The Invisible Man, with Claude Rains in the James Gray directed film. He is such a bitch. <laughs> like he, how? He is such a crot. He is just an asshole. Uh, <laughs> just abuses everyone around him. Thinks he's better than everybody. Uh, oh, I'm I used thought to that. <laughs> I thought it was a lot of fun
0: what year is it
1: like 33 you know james whale was gay how do
0: they like how are
1: the effects like trying to make him look invisible they shot him against black velvet i think i read uh it looks pretty good because he's you know in bandages and wrapped up and it shows him smoking and it, it looks amazing especially for the time i would watch that on like in if one of these theaters is doing a screening i'd check it out in the big screen it i mean and you know james whale did frankenstein Bride of frankenstein
0: Next, Rear Window.
1: And again, I think I'd avoided watching this for so many years. My dad disliked this film so much. And I think that rubbed off on me. Um, He did like this movie. Disliked. Oh, disliked. Yes. Uh, I think Jimmy Stewart, who I usually don't love, is kind of charming in it. There is some hackneyed bits with him and Thelma Ritter, you know, because he's laid up with a broken leg watching all his neighbors and thinks he witnesses a murder played by uh, the murderer played by Raymond Burr who also was gay, by the way, just calling out all these mofos. But, uh, and then of course is avoiding the advances of the beautiful Grace Kelly who wants to marry him, a society gal. Mm, Madman. Uh, This was part of our poll for B-Side Sigourney's. This is technically her second film. Her debut technically is that six-second stint in Annie Hall. But she did this movie in Israel directed by Dan Cohen in 1978 starring Michael Beck, who is making his debut, and F. Murray Abraham. Uh, And it's about a... Man that was released by the Soviets, he's badly injured, but he has the ability, he has the chance to work for the Israeli army and he wants to work on this base that is active and on the Syrian border uh, because he wants to kill Russians. And that sounds very interesting. We don't see any kind of killing done. Uh, And then Sigourney is shoehorned in this subplot. Uh, This camp, this military doctor starts having things for her, feelings for her, and they have an affair, but she's married to this Uh, dignitary who she doesn't love that's been relocated to the U S and she's trying to follow him, blah, blah, blah. It's very dull, uh, but it's interesting to see them so young. You have two movies
0: listed desperate hours and the desperate hours. Yes. So, uh, yep. I put
1: on desperate hour. You were in the room while I watched part of this. It's a Michael Cimino film. And I was like, God, it's before he died, his last two films were in the nineties. And this was one of them. And I've never seen it. It's a home invasion thriller starring Mimi Rogers and Anthony Hopkins.
0: Oh, and um, my friend.
1: Mickey Rourke? No. Elias Coteas? Elias Coteas. Yeah, Elias Coteas and David Morris are the hoods that led by Mickey Rourke. And they are holed up in this random family's house they pick while they wait for Mickey Rourke's lover and lawyer, played by a pretty fly-looking Kelly Lynch, I have to say. Uh, Hold on. Kelly Lynch,
0: Lynch in Desperate Hours. I thought
1: she looked pretty flies. This this lady lawyer that's very corrupt, uh, and kind of has a storyline that I don't quite understand. Uh, and then they pair her off with uh, Lindsay Crouse playing the this police chief who's uh, the, like the corrupt woman. She versus... looks
0: like a more masculine Kim Basinger.
1: singer. Yeah, And the late, you know, she was in a Roadhouse and I think Drugstore Cowboy. oh pretty oh or no you know who she looks like too um tracy lords yes in fact when i first in the first courtroom scene in this film i I thought it was tracy uh and then of course the daughter of mimi rogers is played by Shawnee smith from the saw franchise amanda from the saw films so it was interesting to see her so prominently and fresh and fresh uh But yeah, really good cast, uh, which of course I would expect for a Chimino film. In the movie, it reminds me, of, and that's when I realized I'd never seen the original that it's based on, the 1955 William Wyler film, The Desperate Hours, which is based on a book and a stage play by, uh, is the is the author's name Joseph Henley. And it's funny because in the stage origination, a very young Paul Newman played the uh, the the main baddie, and Humphrey Bogart wanted the role, so they aged the character for Humphrey Bogart, who really was a little too old to play that role. Uh, and in the original, in the 55 version, it's Frederick March facing off with Humphrey Bogart. And it feels much more of a 50s version. But the existence of these two films is very much like the original Cape Verde, uh, and the Scorsese remake, which I think was in 91, the, the, the strange resurgence of these auteurs remaking 50s uh, thrillers and no- noirs. But this, the Desperate Hours and Desperate Hours are not as good as the Cape Fear films. But it's interesting that there are a lot of similarities. Lastly, we watched Dr. Giggles,
0: the 1992 slasher film. Do you know who the director
1: is, Manny Cotto? Uh, no, I don't know anything else that person's done, I believe, but this film was, so I remember seeing this, uh,
0: VHS in the video source rental store by my house. In, I do too. In, like 1994. I remember. And thinking I always wanted to watch it. And as the years went by, I've thought about this movie so much and never, ever put it on. And I've mentioned it to you before. And last night I was even hesitant. like i know it's not going to be good don't put it on and i don't know why i have like i'm so precious about this movie that i like i didn't want to spoil it i don't know what was what what traumatic thing happened to me in 94 that i just want to hold this memory close to my heart but we did watch this movie
1: and it's not great especially since your memory is uh like a sieve but yeah
0: and you would think based on the premise that it would be
1: interesting
0: uh, but it's pretty
1: one note. It's very one note, and I think that's his problem. It is better than some... I think based on the cover and the title, I was thinking it'd be like that movie Jack Frost. Mm. Because I, I also... Have a re- I actually kind of think Jack Frost is fun. I, well, you didn't, but I did It's so stupid. But I actually have the same recollection of this VHS cover, but but, but reminding me also of something like Jack Frost in the same period of films that I would try to get my dad to rent, but he'd be like, no, that's trash.
0: The premise is that there is this man in the 1950s, a doctor, like a, like a small town doctor, and he has a son and a wife and the wife dies from like a heart condition. So all these patients in this town end up going uh, missing. And we find out that the doctor and his son are like kidnapping people to steal their hearts, to try to revive the dead wife. So then we flash forward like 35 years or whatever, and now we have Larry Drake as this son who has escaped from a psychiatric facility so mm-hmm. he is Looney Tunes
1: believes he's a doctor believes
0: he's a medical doctor he's super brilliant he escapes to go back to this town he wants to exact revenge on like the town that ruined his father and I guess he thinks killed his mother
1: but the main girl Holly Marie Combs who I was like God I recognize her because yeah, what my do parents, you know her from My parents watch picket fences. With Tom Skerritt. Well, and her
0: boyfriend is played by Glenn Quinn, who I remember because I thought he was so handsome on Roseanne. That's right. Mm -hmm. But um, he basically is in this town killing all these people. The only interesting thing about the movie to me is kind of like how he, the the ways in which he kills the people are a little more
1: inventive than your average slasher film. Sure. The cast is really interesting though, because you have Keith Diamond as this, police officer um, the a, a lot of people you'll recognize from film around then because Nancy Fish is this old wretched lady and like god I recognize her she's from the mask with Jim Carrey mm. and the exorcist three and then Cliff de Young from the movie the thing is the main girl's dad Oh, yeah. And the woman he's in bed with, I saw her for one second. I'm like, I know that face. Oh, from Death Becomes Her. The one with faking the French accent in the, Death Becomes the Her. The one who works in the spa. Yeah. She is the one who helps uh, Meryl Streep. Yeah, Michelle Johnson. Meryl Streep. Uh, one of the other officers, Richard Bradford, who has an integral memory of seeing Dr. Giggles as a child, cut mm-hmm. his way out of his mom's corpse. And then Dougie Doug. Dougie Doug is in the thing.
0: The ending is kind of disappointing because Dr. Giggles is like hard to kill. And then his final line, when he does get killed is like, is there a, he looks into the camera and goes, is there a doctor in the house? The comedy is so bad. This could, this could have been a way more fun. Um, and then Dr. Giggles laugh is, it gets annoying very fast larry drake it it does let up after a while and come back but initially i'm like oh i I can't do 90 minutes of this
1: (laughs) like the most egregious part is like larry drake telling the one woman that she's eating too many calories yeah too
0: many too much sugar and fat like to the really beautiful model looking woman (laughs)
1: like sir you probably ate that bowl sir another vhs cover that it reminds me of is that movie the dentist Oh, I haven't uh, seen that either. I uh, re- I think we watched that as a family.
0: Moving on. Unfortunately, there is an entry in the obituary section. Terrence Davies died.
1: Yeah. I wasn't seeing that coming because I thought he was working <laughs> on something. I'm not sure who this is. You do. Uh, he's an old homosexual uh, f- whose early work, I think, is very important. Uh, very Also autobiographical uh, in his early days. The Long Day Closes, I think, is... Uh, a, Excellent film. That's part of the Criterion Collection. Uh, he is, God, what's he best known for? I think that he did a really good uh, adaptation, uh, The Deep Blue Sea with uh, Rachel Weisz, which I remember really liking. My favorite is probably his Emily Dickinson biopic with Cynthia Nixon, A Quiet Passion. We reviewed his last film, Benediction, about the queer world war one poet Mm. siegfried sassoon Mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember that at all yes i do yeah it's just a bummer uh because i actually had an opportunity to it was brief because that benediction came out i I think i had a week between film festivals or something and I, i could have interviewed him but i didn't well let's take one
0: more break before we get to the secret film In honor of Sigourney Weaver's 74th birthday today, October 8th, you chose the 1997 American Gothic fantasy horror film, Snow White, A Tale of Terror. Yes. It's directed
1: by? Michael Cohn. Who we know. Uh, Previously, he did a film with Martin Sheen called When the Bow Breaks, uh, which I hadn't seen until maybe the past five or six years. I didn't love it. And of course, it stars
0: Sigourney Weaver, uh-huh. along with Sam Neill, Monica Kina,
1: Gil Bellows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Brian Glover from An American World in London, and Alien 3. What is your connection to this film? Well, Sigourney. But I remember i remember when it finally, because I was waiting and waiting and waiting, popped up at the local video store to rent. And I remember watching it for the first time with my dad. My mom had to... For some reason she was going somewhere not to work but uh i, I remember her being in the living room when Do you remember everything yes Except to wipe down the sink but go ahead <laughs> when sigourney's uh the the mirror version of sigourney who's looking snatched as hell and I remember her walking by casually being like oh she looks good there <laughs> she looks good everywhere
0: I imagine if she would have said something opposite you'd be so mad forever
1: <laughs> well you <laughs> my mom would always make comments like well i guess she's like my son likes this older woman so i guess i feel like a spring chicken uh it has nothing to do with you uh but yeah anyway snow white a tale of terror
0: the premise in this dark tale on the fairy tale the growing hatred of a noble woman secretly a practitioner of the dark arts for her stepdaughter and the witch's horrifying attempts to kill her that it's not even a complete sentence, I don't think. Anyway, it's a take on Snow White. Mm-hmm. The story is that Sam Neill plays like this lord of this whatever. Lord Hoffman. Uh, what, like village and uh, kingdom. Yeah, his little hamlet. <laughs> his little hamlet area. somewhere in England. England Friedrich
1: Friedrich Hoffman. And this is all timey time, what, like uh-huh. 1600s? Well, there's dates on the gravestones, and I, oh. I want to say I saw 1300s. Oh, 1300s. <laughs>
0: Anyway, the film opens with Sam Neill and his wife, played by...
1: Uh, she looks like Diane Venora. Uh, Joanna Roth. Okay.
0: I don't know who Liliana. Is, but her name's Liliana. They're in their horse and carriage and traveling, and a pack of wolves attack the horse and carriage and fatally injure the wife. And as she's dying, she tells her husband, Sam Neill, you need to save the baby. So he cuts the baby out of her. Then we flash forward a few years, and we see now that baby, whose name is Lily, so presumably named after her mother, Little Lily, yep. is thriving in their little castle. And Sam Neill says, "Uh, my new wife, I ordered her, and she should be here any day now. And it's obvious Lily doesn't like that idea. So the new wife shows up, played by Sigourney Weaver. Claudia Hoffman. And she's beautiful. She's very nice to Lily and Lily doesn't like her. She, yeah, she brings her a puppy. Then we flash forward nine more years. So we see that Lily is like a teenager and Sigourney is very pregnant Uh after trying for nine years. (laughs) And we find out that Lily on that night that we meet them nine years later is going, is having like a big ball because she wants to announce her engagement to this doctor guy. And Sigourney says, well, why don't you wear this dress? It's beautiful. I wore it when I was a young girl. And Lily gives her attitude. And Sigourney's like, why must we struggle so? And then gives her the dress like, bitch, if you don't put this shit on. (laughs) So then the ball comes or whatever you call the cotillion or the quinceanera, the the bridal quinceanera. Where Sigourney's performing. And, perf- and Sigourney is singing like opera, like Ave Maria, some shit. <laughs> and Lily shows up, and guess what dress she is not wearing? Sigourney's. Lily is wearing her dead mother's dress. And when her dad sees her, Sam Neill, he's like, oh my God, you look just like your mother. And he couldn't be happier. So they're dancing, and Sigourney gets so mad. She is so enraged. She has a miscarriage. Or goes into labor yep and the baby is born stillborn so of course sigourney is like inconsolable and mad as hell so when she first arrived you know nine years prior she brought with her her mute brother gustav yep and this like majestic armoire yep and right away, she says something that, as the audience, we can assume her mother was a witch. Uh huh. So Sigourney tells her brother, like, you need to basically kill Lily and bring me her heart. So we get a scene with Gustav trying to kill Lily, but he's not able to catch her. And he thinks that she's died because she fell down a big-ass hole. So <laughs> Gustav brings Sigourney back a pig's heart.
1: And then she says, put the rest in the
0: in the damn in, stew. In the kitchen. So that night, Sigourney thinks she's eating Lily. And She is savoring every oh, bite. She, That's actually a really good scene. Yeah. Cause she's like, Hmm
1: <laughs> mm. And then she tells Friedrich, Eat, why aren't you eating?
0: Yeah, like, she just to- teared that shit up.
1: Oh, and she also made her brother save the child's corpse from the fire. They oh, just... my God. We need to get to that because that's the funniest Um
0: But when Sigourney goes to eat the heart, because if you don't remember the Snow White, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall. Yeah. The, so Sigourney, her armor, there's a mirror inside and inside the mirror, the image looking back at her is like a very snatched version of herself. Yeah. Like they must have used tapes on her or something. She looks great. She looks fantastic. But when Sigourney goes to bite the heart that she thinks is Lily's, she like it, like it's wretched. Like she starts vomiting blood and then her, her mirror image tells her, bitch, you know, that's not her heart. Mm -hmm. Your stupid ass brother (laughs) didn't complete the mission. So that's when Sigourney turns full on, witch. Yep. she kills her brother through black magic. Then because Lily's out in these woods with, the dwarves. I didn't quite understand why she couldn't come back
1: home, but... She was whatever. lost, and they didn't want to help her?
0: I, we, we can get to it, but anyway, you know, in the cartoon or whatever, there's there are the seven dwarves. In this movie, there are seven men, but they're... I mean, there is one little person, but they're just basically like like vagabonds they are, who are searching for gold.
1: That are all like traumatized by Friedrich Hoffman and his men.
0: Yeah. So
1: they don't like the Lord Hoffman
0: and... Which I think is kind of interesting. It is. Yeah. But, and one of them wants to rape Lily, but then Gil Bellows, his character, Will, mm-hmm. saves her. And then they all kind of are like protective of her. But because they're trying to help her, they, they're they getting killed one by one through Sigourney's magic, uh-huh.
1: which looked pretty good. It does look good. Well, the, the, it, it you know, this premiered on Showtime, but it was meant for a theatrical release.
0: It looks better than a TV, made for TV movie. Then... Finally, Sigourney's like, li- like the magic's not working, so she decides she's gonna go out there and get this bitch. Yeah. And then, of course, from the cartoon or the story, we all know that the, the magic apple. Uh-huh. So, probably the best scene in the movie is Sigourney turns into this old lady,
1: this <laughs> old crone, which looks amazing. The makeup is really good.
0: And she convinces this dummy to eat the apple, which causes her to go into like a deep sleep. And then, of course, we know that the only thing that would wake her is true love's kiss and lily her fiance we can't forget about this doctor guy he's Uh out there looking for her dr gutenberg he does find her but she's like they think she's dead because she's like eternally asleep but then as they're burying her in like the most ornate stained glass coffin you've ever seen gil bellow's character sees that her eyes opened so he like which i thought was very kind of like unintentionally funny he yanks her out of the casket and is like shaking her like breathe breathe and then he kisses her and she wakes up yeah she well she spits out that apple piece yep (sighs) so she the three of them go back to take care of business and she kills Sigourney. Well, the, which the in the kingdom has been transformed. She poisoned all of the... Oh, yeah. Sigourney's gone full evil. So yeah. she's poisoned everyone. People, they're they're like all zombies. catatonic. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the final scene where they kill Sigourney is pretty good because she basically like lights her ass on fire.
1: It is pretty good because Monica Kina's uh, Lily stabs the mirror. And that, yeah. it and that to kind be, of stabs Sigourney. That proves to be fatal to her. But it's also weird because there's the mirror also told her like you need to steal the father's blood and seed and you can revive your corpse child we can get to that but
0: yeah so sigourney dies from the fire and being stabbed and that's the end sam Neil's still alive so we can presume that lily's gonna live on and restore the kingdom with her dad and probably marry gil bellows um
1: yeah this movie's pretty good yep i uh, was nominated for three emmys uh costume makeup and for sigourney's performance i
0: think the production is pretty impressive uh especially for it having premiered on tv even though i know it wasn't intended to uh, the, the best part though is sigourney oh yeah she definitely is i think sam neil's fine he does what he needs to do he's fine yeah i think everyone else is not at that level well so so she's definitely like outperforming
1: everyone. It's funny that you well, and I don't know if it's just because in this is when I per- perhaps needed to be obsessed with her the most as a kid. Uh, like I love how she looked in the 90s, like it, it in her 40s and 50s. And yeah, she looks great. This is the same year as Alien Resurrection and the ice storm. She was named Entertainment Weekly's uh, top 10 performers of the year that year. And there was I remember a headline about how she was the wicked, weird mother of them all. Uh, and she, in that article, I remember she cited that this was her favorite of the three projects, even though she knew it would be some producers tax break. Um, well here we have like 18 minutes. I'm going to just get through these
0: notes. Oh. The opening, uh, where Sam Neill has to cut out the baby is kind of like, uh, the exorcist believer, believer yeah. where Leslie Odom jr's character has to choose between saving the mom or the baby. Yeah. Although in this movie it's clear the mom's going to die no matter what. So, um, oh my gosh when so when sigourney shows up to marry her husband they have this weird ass ceremony like before they consummate their marriage i think that was pretty typical i've seen depictions of that yeah i'm sure that's a common ritual or, or i would believe it but that shit was weird because they're like naked in bed and everyone has to dump some shit on it's like pouring some liquid on them
1: say some little words
0: and then when little lily shows up she throws whatever liquid that is in sigourney's face uh-huh. i did not like lily no that girl first of all as a, like a teenager i didn't like how she looked mm-hmm. that you know her because she, she's supposed to have black hair white skin and red lips yeah but no one has black hair so they had to dye her hair black uh-huh. or color it you dye eggs but uh-huh the dye job's not great
1: <laughs> well that was meant to be a can you so they wanted alicia silverstone can you imagine oh, her with dyed no, black
0: hair no absolutely not colored black hair
1: <laughs> they maybe Farouza bulk she would have been fun ferruza <laughs> well at least the insanity would have matched sigourney's because well, i think sigourney is completely sympathetic in this well
0: lily is not nice to this sigourney is nice to everyone when she first shows up and she seems to have good intentions because she says like it's so great or isn't it wild that because she's talking to her mom's spirit like the world wouldn't accept you but they're embracing me and then she tells her brother how much she loves sam neil and
1: she seems kind kind enough enough. like she wants she clearly wants the servants to be in their place like the one that the one redheaded woman who she's constantly getting on for having her hair out yeah but i don't think she seems like an evil stepmother and then lily's
0: just a brat lily's a bitch yeah oh my gosh yeah yeah then um when when we start to see the armoire have some powers is the main i guess like the the main housekeeper lady nanu her her, nanu, nanu. her, her kind of uh her, maidservant her her main housemaid or whatever paid by uh francis kuka yeah the armoire kills her by showing her something that like causes i mean it, it's like the ring yeah like she... it causes her to like just drop dead um oh but when we see sigourney pregnant it is kind of laughable because she already looks like she would have a geriatric pregnancy uh-huh. and then she goes after nine years of trying, like, now,
1: sure. you've been too old and now it's like nine years after that. Well, and she's 47-ish here. <laughs> she and looks
0: then, so good though,
1: but y- you, sure. You know, my mom used to always say
0: like, if you have sex with an old man, you'll get worms Okay, and then also that the baby will look
1: old. So <laughs> all I
0: could think <laughs> is that baby's going to look so old. <laughs>
1: uh the (laughs) miss the miscarriage scene i think she's really good
0: oh the emotion she brings after she's like why is this happening to me and even when we see her sitting in that chair with her leg propped up yeah she's all bloody and screaming that was she was definitely giving more than probably what they paid for
1: well when she you know she's trying to put that cream on her face to try to look okay again and nothing's working and she smears it on the mirror i think that's really well that's all very good but you know i didn't realize this as a 13 year old watching it until years later because she would she didn't talk about this uh for a long long time is she had a, she had a miscarriage yeah, in, the early, in the early 90s so i have to imagine that that was clearly in the back of her mind but
0: when she tries to give lily her dress is she just kind of like the waist Sig- also sigourney is like two feet taller <laughs>
1: than lily you just wanted to backhand this. i just want
0: her to like knock that girl down or i would have been like
1: you go put this dress on just like put (laughs) it on she's like why do we i like when she why do we struggle so in that same scene because she's talking to the very well uh quaffed david conrad as dr gutenberg god he looks so gay he (laughs) does but and then sigourney makes out with him uh (laughs) but she stops her in the hallway she's like your dress is not right for this conversation yeah yeah I wanted
0: sigourney to manhandle her more oh yeah but um when she when she when the baby still when we find out the baby's stillborn like the the housemaids grab the baby and wrap it up and they just throw it into the fire oh yeah they toss that into the kindling people would take more care to throw a log of wood in the fire (laughs) than they did this baby and then gustav (laughs) goes and grabs it and he puts it out like (laughs) like when People beat like rugs with a broomstick. That's how he was beating that baby on fire. <laughs> I'm only laughing because it's not a real baby. Uh-huh. Then funky ass Lily feels bad that her stepmom lost her baby. So what does this bitch do? Show up in Sigourney's room wearing the dress she gave her. Uh-huh. Oh, I would have snatched that dress off of her. I too late. So it's, it's too late. Too
1: late. <laughs>
0: Okay, the actor playing Gustav, I thought he looked like if you mixed Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton. So so thankfully, they didn't have a baby. Yeah, he was uh, he was strong in the face. Miroslav Taborski and Sigourney's like he wasn't born with. God God didn't bless him with the gift of tongue, but he's great with his hands. And then we see him open up like a shoebox, and there's a and there's like a bird in it. It's a pigeon. What does that say except you're
1: dumb? I don't. Like, I don't want this pigeon. Want Get this that pigeon out of my right. house, dirty rat. Uh, I, I think they imply that she took his speech away too, at oh. one point. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then she kisses him. There's some. There's Billy Bob Angelina vibes. In that. Yeah,
0: she kisses her brother, but she ends up. Well, her magic makes him kill himself. Yeah. Oh my god, the scene where Sigourney thinks she is eating Lily's flesh is so good. Yeah. <laughs> which is also giving me uh... is there a dish that you think of that you're just like Like, what's your favorite I'm trying to think of a dish that like when I think about it, I'm like oh it was so good is there something you can remember
1: eating that you just think was so savory delicious Besides the pizza at Masa uh Oh, that fakasha! when I was oh, on Colorado, in Colorado. Yeah. yeah, blew my little mind. Uh, I had oh, go some ahead. good Hungarian goulash. I had a,
0: um. it still exists and I've, I've had it fairly recently, but uh, you know, the clothing brand Tommy Bahamas, they also make like houseware and they have a, they have restaurants. They have a, a restaurant in Palm Springs. That's more of like a cafe. Then they have like more like a it used to be more like a fine dining room in desert hot springs but the last time we were there you we all went like you were there too now it's kind of like it's a little trashy but the first time i went years ago with your mom actually Mm -hmm. i got a filet mignon salad sure and that meat was so good and the it was served with like potato salad and this dijon mustard i think about that all the time and then i went to go get it later like years later and then i think i got it when we all went it wasn't the same
1: yeah some things don't stay the same quality kind of like the the chicken piccata used to make me so happy at cheesecake factory yeah yeah what was that burger they used to have oh the memphis the memphis burger so oh yeah anyway Um, cannibalism
0: (laughs) sigourney's image in the mirror yeah she looks really good i but mean she looks good she you even look, when they try to make her look bad well she you know but she, she literally is snatched in the mirror like she, i think they did do the raquel welch on her she ass.
1: is literally snatched in the mirror yeah. but i think she also really looks she's not wearing any makeup and supposedly has just had a miscarriage i mean this woman in his 47 i don't know yeah she looks great she looks good to me um her magic it
0: also looks good because one time she creates like she's trying to like Kill Lily in like quicksand. So she has this. What are those time, the 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 hand the sands of time yeah. things mm-hmm. like the, where hour, you fl- the, hourglass. the hourglass? She has an hourglass with a bird in it. <laughs> Which I'm like, how'd you get that bird in there? How'd you get that bird in there? But she's like, and then she's talking to this bird like it's Lily. Like yeah. she's mad at it. And then we see that Lily is in a cave and the cave is crumbling in on her. I thought that looked really good. And then there's another scene where Sigourney does magic and all these trees are falling yeah. on them. That looked really good. Mm-hmm. Uh you already mentioned this but sigourney tries to bring back her dead baby to life and she's told by her like evil mirror image that you need sam like the father's semen and blood steal the father's seed so then we get a scene where she's giving him this angry hand job uh-huh. <laughs> and she's wearing this
1: looks like a shower curtain it's, the... it's kind of intense. It's very intense.
0: And then when she gets into the room to seduce him, I thought she reminded me of Zool from yeah, Ghostbusters because she's wearing this like negligee with like wings. But
1: she's being <laughs> super creepy. And then while he's about to get off, she's talking about their dead baby. Like, he must uh... not have
0: ejaculated in weeks. Yes. For him to, for a middle aged man to climax that fast while scared, <laughs> he must have had his his sack must have been full for weeks for him to just bless though is afraid and, and yeah and he is like being you know <laughs> that's all i kept thinking yeah cuz we're probably similar in age and i'm thinking under those circumstances i would have had a hard time yeah i would and had. this man <laughs> it was like six strokes and he's like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it,
1: <laughs> terrible it looks it looked unpleasant uh you know it, i read in uh, somewhere in the past Four or five years sam neill gave an interview and someone asked him about being held upside down on a cross and being bled in a sigourney weaver movie and he said he'd forgotten he did it oh well you know he's he's dead now right no who died
0: terence davies no didn't someone like sam neill die recently an australian
1: i don't know no he's still anyway, very much alive
0: again if you haven't seen this movie it's worth it just to see sigourney in the old lady makeup it is so it looks really really good and she is so damn creepy and if that lady would have sat next to me at the bus stop talking about he eat this apple and she yanked it out her dirty ass titty meat oh no there's no way she, you know she's having fun doing that it it looks like she's having fun and it was fun to watch yeah uh so she's, that's definitely a highlight because she's doing movie. these little grunts <sighs> okay When Lily finally confronts Siggy, like after she gets back home from being with the seven dwarves, and then she tells Sigourney, your baby's dead. And she goes, my baby's not dead. My baby is in this room. And then she pulls out the baby's hand Uh and the baby's hand looks like a goddamn salamander. It looks like a tree frog. Oh, my God. (laughs)
1: i'm not supposed to yell at this woman's pain but that shit was funny <laughs> like ooh, what's that kid gonna look like but then also um there's a i, I know sigourney ad-libbed in that scene what does she lib? because at first the the line is about how i could tell you went to, it was like a stab in my heart when you were born to to liliana and she goes you don't have a heart and sigourney says that's too simple that, oh that was her line
0: Well, um, I know I'd seen this movie maybe when I first met you. I'm sure you showed it to me. I think I made you
1: watch it. I didn't watch it with you.
0: Um, I watched it maybe in the last two years, either on one of my cruises or maybe like when I was in Palm Springs. I think, you know what? It might've been Palm Springs. It was on like Tubi. Sure. And it might've been one of those ones I had on the background as I'm walking in and out and whatever. But um,
1: I... If you haven't seen it, I do think it's worth a watch. I think it's unexpected because based on the title and the cover and the kind of the release, you'd think it'd be like a lot of those other fairy tale movies, horror movies like Rumpelstiltskin comes to mind. I don't know if you remember the cover of that VHS. But there was a trend, I think, at the time of stuff like I think this.
0: her performance elevates it and the production quality is higher than you would expect. Yes. And yeah. it, it's a, the director didn't direct anything else until 2015. It's not as dark. As I think it could have been. It could be darker. It could be darker, but it's definitely not fluff. Like it's, I mean, it does go places. Yes. So, yeah. Well, that's all I have for um, Snow White A Tale of Terror. What would you give this movie? Three. I think it's a lot of fun. I, it, it holds a special place in my heart. Clearly. I would give it three out of five. Uh, as you already mentioned, this week is light on screenings, I believe. I think it, this is the Taylor Swift effect. Yeah, people aren't releasing because they're afraid of Taylor Swift, uh, which so, I know some people are watching and reviewing. I have zero interest the, in no, watching No, I'm this. not
1: giving her money. There's no press screenings. I'm definitely this. not paying to see it. No, so that would be the only way. Nothing against her. I just don't. I'm not interested. For three hours? And then for three hours, no. no. Uh, so that means that there are no studio films going up against her. So there's a lot of stuff coming out this week that's small, indie, foreign, uh, including the Palme d'Or winner, uh, Anatomy of a Fall, which I think we missed all the screenings of that. So I don't know if, but that is really the worth only seeing. thing I've
0: confirmed is you haven't confirmed killing anything. of
1: the flower, killer. That's that's not releasing this week. Oh, so I haven't confirmed anything for this week. That's correct.
0: Oh, well, maybe I can
1: get back to my own life. We'll see. Well, that means we'll have no coverage of anything. Well.
0: Oh, there is that BET Plus uh, Judge Mathis movie. Oh boy! That maybe <laughs> I was interested in. And we well, do subscribe to BET Plus. Well, you
1: haven't gotten back to me about anything else on the list this
0: week. I'll do it as soon as we hit stop recording on this podcast. Uh
1: huh. Um, do you Do you have anything you want to read or? Uh no, I'm just uh, happy to celebrate Sigourney. Yeah, happy
0: birthday, Sigourney! If you're listening, your uh, <laughs> gift cards in the mail. Call, anything else? Call me. Call me, girl. <laughs> call me now. <laughs> Ta-ta. Bye.